Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 226. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. I'm going I'm going upside down here. Upside down. That's uh, one no. of those kind of days. I'm right back up. Uh, it's just fucked up. I mean, there's nothing good on TV. Uh, the election's killing me. I'm, I'm up. I don't know why, but... So I went out tonight to, to get a slice of pizza, just kind of hang out and do some stuff on the phone while I'm, while I'm watching TV and the election happened yesterday and they're still counting votes today. And there was nobody in that, in that place, which is usually packed. And I heard people saying they're like, it's because of the election. I'm like, they said it was dead yesterday too. So who knew people are staying in. It's like, there's no football on. So I guess you're going to watch just a lot of talk about votes because nothing's really changing today. Well, and obviously too, because the media wanted to get you all scared about everyone's going to be better bolt up their businesses and put up boards because there's going to be rioting and shooting and looting. Don't go out. Don't go outside. Uh, Just, you can't listen to these assholes on the CNNs and the Fox news they just want to keep you scared. They want to keep you stupid. That's why you listen to podcasts like ours. Thank you so much for listening. We are here, skibumpodcast.com. Check out all of our previous episodes. Believe it or not, as I've been talking about for weeks, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. It has been updated. We have new swag, t-shirts, sweatshirts. It's all up there now. I did it. Everything's for sale now. Everything's for sale. You know what? Holiday season is coming up. So we might want to get on top of that because a lot of our stuff is limited edition limited edition people be dialing so right. just like uh like qvc there's only five left you have to buy five left. hurry up <laughs> so yeah, that stuff is on there if you like us if you want to help us out we have a support up in the top of the site too if you want to do a donation we really appreciate that too also Go to your favorite podcasting apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, subscribe, rate us. That would really help. Social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, untapped, at Ski Bum Podcast. Please go subscribe, follow us, do what you got to do. If you guys need stickers, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. That's the two best ways to do it. And we'll get you some stickers and you can spread the love all across the snowy, wonderful world this winter and help us out. We'd really appreciate that. So thank or you. If so you're much. real savvy and you're real crafty, go look up our stuff online. Look up the about us. Send us a, a nice postcard. How about that? Postcard from wherever you are. It'll be like, wow, people are traveling again. And we got a postcard from one of our friends in whatever state you're in. I don't think we actually have an address on our website. I think we, I thought we did, right? No, did we? I don't think we do. I don't know. So, so write a postcard, take a picture of it, and then DM us that on Instagram. <laughs> that? Even better. Save the postage. Don't waste money on postage. You don't even have to write the postcard. We just want to see the, the nice picture that's on the postcard. Because these are cool pictures. How about go, that? Go to the store. Take a picture you, of the postcard in the store. That's right. You don't even have to buy it. Just you take a picture. And that's it. No postage. No time wasted. Boom. There you go. All digital. That's the way to do it. No waste. That's ski bum like. That's very ski bum like. So with that, let's kick things off the way we always do. It's time for our prey today. 
to start off first today? I would love to start off first. Boom. I've complained about it in the past. I think we we both have complained about it in the past. The whole ridiculousness of pumpkin beers and fall beers. How there's no ridiculousness. How, how early? No, I'm talking about how early they come out, and how when you actually want to have one, perhaps on Halloween, you you just can't find anything because the big brewers have all made their beer in August. And it's like, well, we had it out there in August. You should have bought it then. It was a nice hot summer day when we released it. <laughs> I did not want a goddamn pumpkin beer in August. I'm not Sitting an on animal. It's absolutely insane. But this also goes as to why you should support local breweries because they are not prone to the madness that is the mass distribution, Anheuser-Busch, Molson Coors, ridiculousness the schedule that they have where they have to brew all the stuff early on there's a local brewery by me i've had some beers from them before cane brewing i know mario you're a fan the head high is a uh the head high one of my favorite ipas that's a good one i'm going in a very different direction with the beers versus the ipas they do a beer called morning bell which usually only comes out this time of year fall winter i think it's a milk porter they make a special one. And I saw this on Instagram on Saturday and I went over there on Sunday and I was like, so happy that they still had it. So they did a pumpkin spice morning bell nice. with, and it's brewed with a uh, coffee from a local, um, co- local coffee shop called Rook down by us here. So this is all like a very local ingredients, local beer, local coffee. And here's the bottle. Here's what it looks like. Nice. Imperial Milk Porter. And this bad boy is coming in at 9.2%. Boom. Let me tell you. It's like a it's like a coffee milkshake with pumpkin spice. Like with like a little bit of like the nutmeg and the 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 spices like in there. Pumpkin latte. No. <laughs> with it's way less lame than that. I gotta tell you. Like it's like a thick milkshake. Nice. It's like a beer, a little bit of pumpkin milkshake. It is so goddamn good. So they've done a couple versions of this morning bell. We uh, went for a tasting there. It was like Christmas a couple of years ago. They had like three or four different varietals of it. If you like stouts and or like porters, it's dynamite. It's so freaking good. So nice. I bought four of these. I think they were like some ridiculous amount each. Oh, were they? 10 bucks each or whatever. Yeah. Because it's 500 milliliters for one of these. They make good stuff though. I got to say. These these are out of this world. And I could drink it Halloween weekend. Halloween weekend drinking pumpkin beers. I know it sounds crazy, but I did it. And thank you, Kane, for having these at the proper goddamn time. Now, what would you do if you saw that in the summer, next summer? I would you knock like, it. I would break the bottle. <laughs> Actually, you know what? These probably aged really well because don't porters age? Uh, I think so. Yeah, just, I think I think you can age them. Just hold on to a few in the fridge forever. I'll, I'll keep one, uh, dude. I still have Next all those. Loco. Dude, I still have all those dogfish head one twenties. Yeah, <laughs> I have like four or five of them from like at least six years ago. Now six years, you dude. could probably auction those off. It's like a dogfish head like one ninety now. Yeah, you could auction off, man. Just auction it off. I seriously have to stop hoarding. 
I was just at my my parents' house and you know, I talked about my father passed away this summer and we're getting rid of the stuff, his old crap. And I seriously want to just throw everything I have out because okay. Audible has a great book to get you jump started on that. Is that about that like uh the the, the, spark, the spark joy lady? Uh no. This is from a Japanese man who uh it's called oh, we've talked about this before. Right. John recommended it to me. I've read it. I read it and I read it again with Melanie. And she's like, Yeah, you really want to get rid of all your clutter. Dude, I've been hoarding Work. beer. Yeah. I'm hoarding beer. I don't want to hoard anything. I don't want anything anymore. I don't want any stuff. I want to have a few pairs of skis, a laptop. That's really it. I'm like, what else do you need? Yeah. Well, one of the one of the concept, concepts is you start looking around your place, and if it doesn't truly bring you joy to have it, why do you freaking have it? Get rid of it, sell it, give it away, throw it out, donate it. I have, it a, I have a tax bill here. This is not spark joy. And see why the hell do you have that around? Throw it out. Take a picture of it and shred that bad boy. I got a shredder. I use all the time. I need to get a shredder. I just rip things like a shredder would. Uh, Fifteen no. times. No, I got the confetti one. It's fucking great. Nice. It's like NSA kind of shit. Does <laughs> <laughs> it like the, 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 what is it called? Like the cross cut? The, yeah. It's like cross cut, but some of them do like almost like a half inch wide. Right. So you get like a half inch wide piece of paper and you could kind of patch it together if you're really patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have the cross cut that cuts it every once in a while. But I have one that cuts it into like little tiny confetti cubes. It's freaking awesome. I was dropping deuce on it after I uh, put it in the garbage. There like no one can put it together then. Like, oh, you'd be surprised. People are like artists in taking stuff out of Duke. <laughs> I put baby diapers full of yellow diarrhea all over that's those a, documents. That's a good way to do it. I, you, know what, and you know what? If, if they steal my identity, then they've earned it. <laughs> it's yours. It's yours. Well, well played, is, Mr. Dirty Diaper Dumbler. But you, but you know what? Steal my identity. I've given everything away. I have nothing anymore. What do you want from me, bitches? You can't take nothing if I ain't got it. Got a lot of goddamn diapers. Barack Hussein. That's right. That's right. You can just like, who needs it? It's like shit is just, it's just stuff that's in the way. I look at shit in the garage. I'm like, all right, that was my dad's a long time ago. And I think about like, how fucking long has that been around? Because he had it for like 20, 30 years. And then when he passed where he got too old, I got it. And I'm like, that's been in the garage for like 10 years. Like, what the fuck? How I'm looking, at my, I'm looking at my dumb old baseball cards. Like, like nobody wants this crap. Yeah. You know, like they're old shitty, like pictures of men. Like <laughs> who wants this? <laughs> God, like it's just, why do we hang on to this dumb crap? I don't know. There's a lot of dumb crap. Oh. It's stuff that you just think you need or you get for like the spur of the you know, the moment. And you're like, it's really not a temporary thing. I got, you got something that's going to last a really long time. And I don't want it around a long time. Yeah. Like, you know? co- like collectible things. Like I know my parents, like they collected crap and now it's all worth nothing because again, all these companies were like, Oh, this is a very valid, like beanie babies and yep. like figurines. They're like these dumb companies. Well, smart companies. They're like, well, People the like them selling as much as they can. You Bingo. Know. They're not that limited. They just keep making more and they tell you how many there are. Yeah. They're limited to the number they can sell. Like all those, like my, they had these, um, these like booklets of, they had stamps in there. So like they would get this whole binder from the U S postage service. And it was a stamp, 
and a gold version of that stamp for, and they did them for all the stamps of that year. And they had 1980, which was cool because that was the Lake Placid games, uh, Olympic games. So I'm looking, I'm like, this is actually really cool. There's a little gold thing. There's a stamp, there's a description. It's all in the binder, blah, blah, blah. looks really nice. I looked them up. They're worth like 30 bucks for the whole binder. Yeah. Like mother, like you think you have something and it's just and that's nope. 30 bucks and you got to find somebody that's going to buy it and they get to be like, well, it's worth 30 bucks, but I'm going to give you 15 because I want to make money on it. And they probably bought it for 30 bucks in 1980 when 30 bucks was 30 bucks. And now it's be worth like, it would cost them 60 bucks to buy it now. Right. If you ever think your shit is valuable, just watch that porn stars show. And it's everything that people bring in. They're like, oh, this is my family for years. And they're like, I think it's worth to, you know, they get, somebody says, oh, you could probably get a, you know, that's probably worth a thousand dollars. Like now I want a thousand dollars for it. It's like, okay, you want to sell it to me. <laughs> I need to make money on it. So I'm going to give you half. Oh, how about, half. How about nothing? How about new? No? Yeah, how about you get the fuck out of my store? Yeah. Good day, sir. I said good day. You're going to be a real like sadistic person to own one of those shops. Ah, uh, it's creepy as hell. I'm like, you're just always taking advantage of people. Like, you know, always knowingly taking advantage. Yeah. They're like, come on in. I'll give you half of what your shit is worth because I'm going to sell it for profit. Is that place? Is that show in Vegas? Yeah. I remember the first pawn shop I went to was in Reno. When, uh, we, were, when we were out there. Yep. I think it was before you guys got in. Me and Andrea went to the. We just walked around on, on you know, the strip, whatever the hell they call it there. That's Reno the porn shop, right? Yeah. Yes, of course, the porn shop. We got the giant dildos. You know, the big rubber fist, always a favorite. Well, they got that big gigantic ball. That's it's in there. That's all full of like dildos <laughs> and stuff, right? It's like a you know, like the ball pit that kids have. They have a dildo. dildo. The dildo. <laughs> <laughs> they press a button and they all come out. Pretty much <laughs> like a spiked spiked ball. So we go to the pawn shop and I'd never been in one. And you get you, these TV shows make it seem so like, like glamorous exciting and glamorous. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bunch of degenerate gamblers. It's shit. like fucking meth heads just trying to sell anything to get like, it's horrible. It's, it's creepy. I forget what, you know, what the, the video game system at the time was, but there was like three iterations older, like a pile of them, like every PlayStation two or one or whatever. Yeah. There's just all these old. And the worst is like kids toys. You're like, this guy's like, got like a roulette problem. Like he's just <laughs> taking his kids toys to the pawn shop to get a few bucks yeah. to play a couple hands of roulette. You're like, a kid don't need this thing anymore. I got to play some slots. That would actually be a great Pixar movie, like toy story, but like in the pawn shop, like you hear the stories of the toys and everything is saying from the toys or the things in the pawn shop. It's like the animal shelter for, for used stuff, right? Like you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they find the animals, they want you to adopt them. It's the same thing at the pawn shop. It's just, you find weird stuff though. A lot of people are like, Oh, you should look at like, if you want jewelry, go to a pawn shop. I'm like, yeah, it's probably been stolen or it was an accident or somebody needed money like in a pinch and they sold this precious thing that they liked. I'm like, that's bad juju on it. I don't want, I don't really want that thing. I had that idea too, when I was you know, looking to get engaged. And that's actually part of the reason we went to that pawn shop. We were, we were still just dating at the time, but you know, you the ideas in your head, like, Oh, maybe down the road, we'll get engaged. And you look at that stuff. And I got the exact same thing that you say, man, there's like bad energy coming off. You all see like that a stuff. fucking engagement ring. You're like, 
did was some girl that desperate or did you break up or did she die? Like what happened to you get that ring into that store? Like yeah. there's a bad story behind it. Nothing positive. Nothing positive to anything in the pawn shop. The, yeah. I saw a bunch of power tools in there. Oh, that's just like, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like just dark, dark stuff. Just and broke you, into a truck today. Here's some fucking power tools. Give me some money to go gamble. And of course, whenever you go in a pawn shop now, you always think there's got to be a gimp in the basement because <laughs> there just actually, is. Actually, no, I don't think that. <laughs> no, you don't? <laughs> don't. Oh, so it's just me. <laughs> do you stop in often and ask the shop owner well then again there's a ton of pawn shops i'm in florida so they're yeah. everywhere um it's just the warm weather and there's so many transient people you know people come down for six months they're like ah fuck it i'm gonna pawn this i don't need it you know yeah. this is crazy it's a dark place but it's one that needs to be experienced i mean you need to see what real life is about let's go knock it just go walk into all the pawn shops and be like do you have a gimp do you have a gimp? Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have any basements here. That's why they don't, there's no gimp. It's like we're doing an addendum to the census. We're trying to see how many gimps are in pawn shops. <laughs> yes. What's the count here? And does that include all the gimps? <laughs> I think for my son's fourth birthday, we're going to a pawn shop. There, there you go. Whatever you want, son. Pick one thing out. <laughs> <laughs> you really want those Legos? I'm going to get you those goddamn Legos, kid. Come on. We're going to the pawn shop. It's just like tear stains on like all the Legos because his kid did not want to be putting them together and like crying while he's doing it. Like shut up and put your Lego together. You know, they're just tear stained already. You know, some kid didn't want to give it up and dad's like, I got a friggin', I got to play some Baccarat tonight. This is all we got left. And now I got after the kid's hands. I got a great, great tip on a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a fucking horse. Oh, Could you imagine the pawn shop by the dog track? Oh, but think of how bad that is. Like my life was ruined by, by gambling. Oh, really? Was it horse racing? Was it craps roulette? No dog racing. What? Like that's just one step above rat racing. Yeah. Some stupid thing like that. I'm not sure they race rats, but Hey, what do I know? <laughs> that's dark. It's dark shit, man. Yeah. Speaking of dark, what do you got to drink there, Mario? All right, I have a, a what is being billed as a blonde-colored wheat ale with bright coffee aroma and mild malt sweetness for balanced taste and clean finish. Well, that now, sounds is, delicious. Sounds delicious. I'm going to crack this open now. Is that Coors Light? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> but there is a connection. So I am having a Blue Moon iced coffee blonde. Wow. Now, the connection on that is... What the hell is that? There it is. Blue Moon Iced Coffee Blonde. Right. Now, this is owned by Coors Brewing Company. Indeed. So, it, in essence, it's kind of like drinking a Coors. Pretty so much. Like, this wow, would probably Blue. be just as good as the one that you had. Blue Moon's really going after it, huh? Tastes great. Less filling. I mean, it tastes pretty good. Uh, it's a little sweet for my taste, but um, it's still got a decent flavor. It's not really uh, dark. It's uh, definitely a blonde. It's on the lighter side. Uh, 5.4%. And they're saying 12 IBUs, so not really hoppy. Uh, it's really kind of sweet. And I could see, <laughs> this is my thing with Blue Moon. Like, I could have one, but 
they're just very sweet and they just kind of get to me after a while. So I could yeah. see having one of these and then switching to a different beer altogether. Mm. But not bad. I got this in a sampler pack. Well, not, yeah, somebody gave me a sampler pack for, they came over to watch football. So they brought some beers. I was like, whatever. I don't, I'm not picky if it's, if you bring it over. I never realized that they made a coffee beer, but I'm not really a, I'm way too much of a beer snob to buy Blue Moon. It's limited availability, November 2019 through July 2020. So, wait, through July, that already, that already happened? Oh, so this is an old one. It's an old, it's been <laughs> it's aged. old goddamn beer. It's been aged. It's been aged to perfection. <laughs> <laughs> so this is probably the July batch that gets stayed around for some another... Some guy just gave you some, just some beer floating around in his fridge. That's well, no, they have all the sampler packs in the store. They probably just were sitting in the store for a long time. Like, yeah, let's check them out. It's like, what's I'm on sure, sale? I'm sure if you check beer at a lot of places, especially around Thanksgiving and Christmas when there's a lot of parties going on, you'll see some old beer just sitting on those shelves waiting for people to pick them up. Yeah. Hey, man, times are tough. People are out of work. Beer's on sale. They're going to buy it. I should check the drink by date. Now this this isn't InBev. InBev has the drink by date. Yeah. Which is all ridiculous. Well, I like the born on date. Yeah, the born on date. Because I really want to know when it was born. Yeah. Was it a C-section? <laughs> was it a breach birth? Did everything go well? How's the mother? It was a breach. We tried capping the bottom and it, it just mm, didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> I wonder if they have, they sell like a really cheap case of aborted bottles. Perhaps they do. Like little half fills and shit like that. Oh, just half cans. Very sad. Very sad. Very sad. That's at the pawn shop. That's the, that's, uh, sounds like. Right next to the pawn shop. Like a, like a, why isn't there a liquor pawn shop? Wait, liquor pawn shop? Or pawn. Liquor pawn shop. It's so close. It is. It's like salsa and, and salsa. Salt seltzer, salt seltzer. This beer is not helping either with that. <laughs> it's not helping. My pronunciation. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's get into the Genjula. Marijuana legalization measures pass in five states. Boom. Yes, sir. Everybody's all happy. That guy's very happy. So in case those did not hear, New Jersey and Arizona both voted yes on measures to make recreational marijuana legal. Damn. Yes. So good old goddamn New Jersey. Finally. So what was the promise? It's only what, three years late? 100 days was the promise. Shows how filthy and corrupt New Jersey is because it had to be like payola and greasing someone's palms and paying someone off and doing this for that to make it happen. There's offs and promises and dinners and steaks going on. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. So also Montana. So they voted to legalize two initiatives, recreational and medical. I don't even understand how that works. Well, they probably didn't have either. They just put them on the same ballot because most states do the uh, medicinal and then they do recreational. But there's no reason you couldn't do both. Yeah, they did both. They 
voted for two initiatives to legalize, regulate, and tax recreational marijuana for adults 21 and older, according to the Great Falls Tribune, as well as Mississippi and South Dakota, who got medical added now. Hmm. I mean, that was a, a clean sweep for weed this yeah. election. That's big. That's huge. That's so awesome. Well, you know, uh, some states are going to have to raise a lot of money after being shut down from COVID. So I'm just saying there's a lot of money in weed. A lot didn't, of I, didn't I say that back in like March or April? I said, yep. if you were looking for a, a quote unquote silver bullet to get things back on track, to get businesses up and running, yep. you legalize weed in your state. You're going to make a goddamn fortune. And now New manufacture Jersey. Manufacture nothing except weed. <laughs> That's it. Take all the uh, the areas between the highways, the divider areas, turn them into grow houses. You know, you know, you know how many more homeless people because it's me going out there, just grabbing that weed and running, running to the bushes. I got well, it, I mean, man. You could do that, but or you could set it up as having just greenhouses there, right in the middle. Like we have all this wasted space in the dividers of highways. Hmm. Put up a greenhouse, just grow it in there. Let's grow it. So many places to grow rooftops, rooftops. We've talked about it a billion times. There's so many places to do this. Nope. It's nice that this passed. And again, I know some people hate the idea of weed, think it's a drug, think it's going to make you stupid and horrible, and you just want to troop out and you know you're a loser. You obviously have not experienced it. Like, it's just one of those things. It's I'm not saying you should do it every day, I'm not saying you should do it all the time, but just the freedom, just the idea that you as a sovereign individual can make the choice to do it. Like that's all that really matters. Cause walk around outside going puff, puff, just walking around. That's what I do. Going to the public, <laughs> going to the supermarket. I'm like, puff, puff, boop, 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 just hanging out. Like, a, like an adult. Because yeah. you know, like why the fact that other adults can tell you what you can and can't put in your body and are you not harming anyone else? Like, that's what drives me the most crazy. And, you know, as skiers and boarders, part of the fun of what we do is that it's one of the closest things to pure freedom we can do. You're at the top of the mountain and you're just dropping down. And depending on how you want to play it, you could just be going as fast as you possibly can. There's no speed limits. You're just going. And that sense of freedom, pure freedom is so rare. And that's what Part of the reason why I I'm so happy this passed because again it's it's all about freedoms it's, it's about lack of control by some other adult some other human being and I think that's a beautiful thing and I think the more sovereignty we all have as people the happier our societies are going to be. I just uh, I'm I'm going to already predict the delay in actually getting any weed from <laughs> any place in Jersey for about two years. And again, this is what we talked about. So they put it on the ballot, the people spoke, and then they're going to take their sweet-ass time putting into action. I did hear them say that the legislation they still have to put in, but that the guy who was the one who put the bill forward may have something done by tomorrow, by Thursday. It's probably going to come out Friday. All right. I'm hoping they said... It appears overnight. <laughs> yeah, right. They're saying... They said best-case scenario could be a month. They could have some because they have all the, the the medical dispensaries available, so they would just open them up to everybody. Yeah, but again, well, it's they Jersey. Still have so. to do the whole medical. It's it's like Colorado medical versus recreational. There's separate sides because they have separate labeling and, and there's priority product. differences too. Like they always prioritize the medical versus the the recreational. Yeah, 
but yeah, it happened though. So, you know, step in the right direction. Start. They don't, they don't want to keep losing that tax revenue to Massachusetts. That's a big one. You know, yeah. I'm surprised New York didn't put something on there. And the, the governor was too busy writing a book and covering up all the, the deaths that he was. Yeah. You know, not, not responsible for it. Right? Of course. The people just die. Yeah. Especially when they have something to say. Yeah. Okay, so if you thought drugs were going to be bad, um, Oregon. Don't go to Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. Not only do they have riots and take over parts of their 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 uh, streets, but uh, they became the first state to decriminalize hard drugs like heroin and cocaine. So p- possession of small amounts of drugs has been decriminalized. So they became the first state to decriminalize in this election uh, heroin, cocaine, and meth. So that's pretty fucked up. Uh, 49% to 41%. Uh, and I think at the time this was reported, they were still counting votes. And who knows? They might be counting votes for another two months, the way everything <laughs> else is going. Um, they I mean, that said, wasn't even close. I mean, to completely decriminalize everything. Yeah. So they're saying only small amounts of drugs are decriminalized, such as less than one gram of heroin or MDMA, which are two pretty freaking, like, pretty serious drugs. Um, Two grams of cocaine or methamphetamine. That's good if you can get your hands on some good coke. Um, And 12 grams of cyclobin mushrooms. Philocybin. Oh, philocybin mushrooms. Philocybin mushrooms, yeah. Oh, I think it's pronounced cyclamen. No, it's psilocybin. Psilocybin? Yeah. Uh, I was just listening to Joe Rogan talking about it with a couple guys on a podcast, so. Nice. Yeah. 40 doses of LSD, so I don't know how they count that. Imagine Um, you're busted with 41 doses of LSD. They're like, sir, if you had (laughs) taken that dose before you went out tonight, (laughs) we wouldn't have been, been able to arrest you. I mean, this cop stops you. Cop stops you. Just take one. Like, I'm sorry. I just. It's like, oh, it's only forty. Gotcha. Gotcha. I ingested it. You have like sixty. You take a handful of them. (laughs) Just chugging them down. It's gonna get really weird in like a half an hour. Can you get me to the hospital really quick? Thirty-nine doses, bro. It's all I got left. That's it, man. All right. So, forty doses of LSD, oxycodone, or methadone, which is all pretty pretty interesting stuff. Well, if you have a prescription for oxycodone, yeah, I, I mean, mean this is this is without oh, a prescription, yeah. so they're decriminalizing it. So mm-hmm. they're saying fines up to hundred dollars, which can be waived if the user is evaluated at addiction recovery centers, and they are using. I read in this money from marijuana sale to fund this program. Wow. Yeah, you know, fund the the you know addiction recovery and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty interesting. It's going to be interesting to see the way this all plays out because you know the the biggest experiment was in Portugal back in two thousand one, where they decriminalized all drugs, which actually led to a decrease in drug usage. Because hmm. um, all the meth heads were dead after a year. Is that what happened? <laughs> Well, they said is it actually really dropped the STD and overdose numbers in a really big way. And I was just looking for another article about it. And 
you know, they were talking about, you know, I had no idea that Portugal actually had the highest HIV infection rate in the EU back in 2001 before they did this. Damn. They said heroin was so bad that estimated 1% of the population was hooked on heroin. Huh. Isn't so they that implemented nuts? a plan like this where they did a recovery rather than criminalizing? It's a big part of it, yeah. I don't no. know. I don't know all the details, but they say that yeah, like the numbers really dropped in terms of usage. Hmm. Was that over a few years or? Yeah, over the last since two thousand one. Oh wow! This article two thousand eighteen. I'm sure it was a tough road. Oh, it's a crazy road at first, but they said you know a lot of the money they've been putting towards is to to pay for people like social workers people to um, kind of monitor people and, and, and help them out and taking away a lot of the stigma of, you know, if you are addicted to something, take that away and have, you know, therapy and people talk about it. And one of the things they talk about in this article, they're talking to one of the, you know, one of the folks who used to be a heroin addict now gets methadone, to try to come off of it. He said that, you know, what America and other countries can learn from Portugal is to treat people with more dignity. Because Portugal has showed that without spending significant sums, governments can give drug users the tools to put their lives back on track. I mean, I believe that. I I saw a special one time and they were talking about how um, minors or or even, you know, young people that were like over 18 where they overdosed on meth or heroin, they go to the hospital and they're charged with a felony. So now they have a felony on their record at such a young age. They're like, okay, they're addicted and they're young and they don't have skills. They don't have, you know, experience. They might have skills, but they don't have experience, you know, in the working world. So they go to try to get a job and it's like really impossible. It basically puts them into a kind of bad situation, you know, for, for getting, getting help and getting themselves out of, uh, out of maybe, you know, bad circumstance they're in. So they have that don't ask, don't tell thing where if you saw someone overdosing, I don't know if it's a national thing or a, a statewide thing where if you, say someone's ODing on meth or whatever, you could call them up, call up the hospital and they wouldn't question you or charge you with anything. They would just, you know, help the person. Right. Oh, maybe. But then the person that OD'd, I think, was get the one that was getting charged. Yeah, that's that's a little bit different, but which is just messed up because now, okay, you. I mean, I I get it. You you, you can you say they broke the law, but it's like, well, it, it's just an uphill battle from that point on. You have a yeah. You know, record, you know? That's rough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I think I think this is gonna be a positive too for for Oregon. It's a that's. That's a bold, bold move. Cause I know they did that in, is it just the city of Denver or I don't think it's all of Colorado. I think it's just, uh, I thought it was just Denver, but it's happening in more places. And, you know, once they start decriminalizing, you know, legalization is usually not yeah. too far away. Now, now, I, don't know yeah, if I, want, I want Coke and meth legalized, but you know, mushrooms perhaps. I think that might be, there's still so much more they can learn about them. So I think it's good coke. coke is nice. That's why everybody does all the other stuff because you can't get get good coke. Microdosing. Microdose. Microdose. Yeah. Microdose supplements. That'd be good. There you go. Let's go to ski news. All right. Well, we've been microdosing some snow recently in parts of the U.S. 
Health officials are ramping up COVID-19 restrictions at Vermont ski resorts. Now, I hope to have more information on this in the next week or two, talking to some folks from Ski Vermont. But they just announced a uh, some some updates. They did a podcast with NPR, or, uh, or VPR, actually, the Vermont Public Radio. And they're saying that officials are trying to do their best, obviously, to limit the risk of skiers spreading the coronavirus in lodges and lift lines. Rules will require ski areas to gather contact tracing information for every guest. And so the state has directed ski areas to limit the number of staff from out of state. Additionally, ski areas will have to reduce capacity on lifts. So about 50% capacity which is good. But if you're a family of four and you're skiing together, you can be on a quad together. But if you are a twosome or a single, you're not going to be riding that lift with anybody else. Likely man, free riding all day, <laughs> but that's going to piss off. If there's lines and you're sitting there in the singles line, they're going to be like, man, they're going to hate you. We're not going to have a singles line anymore, which is crazy. And they're saying yeah. that the biggest, uh, challenge for ski areas will be overseeing the state's quarantine rules for skiers who come from places with high infection rates. They're saying for now it's based on the honor system, but that a ski area can yank a person's pass if they violate the rules. Which I don't know how they're going to do that, how they're going to be able to tell if someone lied or was a super spreader or what until like way after the fact. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. <sighs> They're going to have to ask your phone, phone information or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, weird. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. So again, it's, this is still evolving. We're still not there yet. We're going to be getting there soon. So it's, ugh, I'm trying to stay cautiously optimistic for the season, but we'll say, Hopefully people are smart enough to, if they're sick or possibly high risk, that they are staying away and not going to get sick, infect others, and ruin the winter for everybody. Yeah, no super spreading like uh, some of the ski areas overseas. Yeah. Looking at you, Jersey. (laughs) Looking at you. (laughs) All right. Speaking of uh, places uh, in Europe... That we're super spreader. No, I'm joking. So the World Cup has just postponed ski races in Austria due to a lack of snow. This is news coming out of Vienna. So they're saying lack of snow and mild temperatures have forced organizers to postpone the upcoming Alpine skiing World Cup races in Lexwares for almost two weeks. The Austrian Ski Federation said on Wednesday that the parallel event for women had been been rescheduled for November 26, followed by the men's the next day. And it added that snow control by International Ski Federation was set for November 18th. They're saying it's going to mess up the schedule, number one. And Michaela Schifrin is planning her comeback during some of those events to finish in Lapland. So Schifrin, who hasn't raced since January 26, skipped October 17th season opener in Solden after hurting her back. And the men have no races scheduled ahead of the League Zwerz event. This isn't even coronavirus and stuff's getting postponed, you know? 20 goddamn 20. They wanted to pull out of North America. They wanted to keep everybody safe, put them all in Europe. 
I know is Killington delivered year after year, right? Year after year. Yeah. I mean, that would have been the first event would have been at Killington. Would have been I don't nice. Think it's for, I don't think it's not the first event, but it's a, Wasn't the first for the women for the year. Wasn't the kickoff? Uh, no, they always start off in October. Oh. Yeah. Well, it was the first good event, just saying. So it's the first real event. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's going on. So, look out for some more of that. I mean, as a sign of either global change, climate change, Global climate change, warning, warming, not warming, shifting, whatever you want to call it. Something's going on. Something's going on. Yeah. It's the whole it year. Cyclical, right? I mean, weather is cyclical, but I don't know. Who knows? This is particularly bad. There wasn't any information in this article talking about the last time that it's been this bad or if there's been in the last few years any sort of delays or postponements that have been as long as this one yeah might be worth looking into yeah it just doesn't it just feel like every anything bad is just possible this year like you just like oh well you know goddamn 2020 obviously it's happening yeah. this year well we were talking last week about you know how the great barrier reef is disappearing and everybody's you know global warming and all this stuff and then they discover this gigantic reef right we talked about that last week it's like all right, so maybe it's not all the, the way we think it happens, you know? Ebbs know. and flows. Yeah. Strikes and gutters. Strikes and gutters. But it is. Or just, or just shifting by a few miles a year. Yeah. There's got to be somewhere where the snow's good enough where they could have been skiing. Exactly. It might be over Himalayas. the ocean right now, but you got to wait till it shifts back on land. La Nina. It's coming. La Nina. It's coming. Next up. The 14 most Instagrammable ski resorts in Europe. And we've been to a few of these. This is from the good folks at Euronews. There's some good, beautiful photos in this, actually. Yeah, I got to talk to this for planning trips for when we can when we can travel again. They're talking about winter holiday seasons around the corner. You've definitely earned a mountain getaway. Talking about snow, relaxation, luxury, whatever you're into, Europe, most beautiful piece. Here we go. Number one, Zakopane, Poland. Would not have expected this to be number one. I never heard of it, but it looks like a great Instagram. Unless it's all fake, it looks beautiful. It's the first place in the top 10 most tagged ski resorts on Instagram. Damn. Sitting at the bottom of the rocky Tatra Mountains, the resort is steeped in history, but only started welcoming international tourists in the 1980s. Hmm. Often referred to as the winter capital of Poland, this beautiful resort has been tagged a massive 1,439,744 times on Instagram. Take a sleigh ride through a forest or zoom down the ungroomed pieces of Kasparo Wish if you fancy yourself a bit of a daredevil. Hmm. And as Mario, you can appreciate, its stunning slopes are lit up at night so you can get the perfect snap late into the evening. Night skiing. Night skiing. Damn All right. right. Number two, Zermatt, Switzerland. Yay. We've been there. One of our personal favorites. That was our first European trip ever. That was our first European trip, yes. That was a truly eye-opening, breathtaking, wonderful experience. According to this article, 
it has been tagged 875,527 times. Now, mind you, we have tagged it a few times as well. Not sure if that yeah. counts as part of their account. But oh, we that's we added into that. God bless them. Number three, Courcheval, France. And you've been there, right? I've been there. Well, I've skied through there. That's part of uh, the Three Valleys. Right. It's Planet been snapped back this year, might Ooh. I say. Well, next year, technically. Technically. It's been tagged 400,853 times on Instagram. It is the birthplace of Ski and Ski Out. Ooh, look at that. Did you know that? Look at that. Well, I think I'm going to be doing Ski and Ski Out, but... There you go. Friends. Number four, Zugspitze, Germany. Glaciers I've heard of and train rides. Yeah, it's got a famous train. That's sort of what it's known for. Zugspitze. I don't know why I remember that, but... Yeah. Float above the clouds on Germany's highest mountain and feel the thrill of skiing on glacial snow. An altitude of 2,000 to 2,700 meters, Zugspitze is open to skiers from mid-November until the 1st of May. All right, it's got 396,819 tags. Next, Verbier, Switzerland. The ski mecca. Known as one of the most luxurious and expensive resorts in Europe. After a ski boom in the 60s, resort got itself the nickname Ski Mecca and welcomes hmm. about 40,000 tourists a year. It's got also art galleries and museums. If you're into that kind of stuff. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. It's got 364,471 tags. Next, Valdezere. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Scenic, oh, scenic French resort, high altitude, glacial zones, super steeps, alpine village. Also, famous bakeries, the Chevalot bakeries, been there since the 50s. Nice. If you ever watched Warren Miller's Line of Descent, that is in that film, one of my personal favorites. It's got the, uh, the three ladies, Amy Angerbretson, uh, Michaela Peterson, and, or Michaela, yes, McKenna Peterson, and Lexi DuPont. They're mm. hanging out there and they're just living it up and uh, they're ripping it up and living it up. And it's so, it's so funny now, like watching it, you're watching these apres ski scenes and everyone's hanging out and dancing. And with the current state of the world, you're like, oh my God, that seems so foreign and weird. But no, we may that's never be able to do that again at this rate. Yes, we will. Don't you say that. Don't you say that. All right, number seven, Val Gardinia, Italy. Best of the Dolomites. 306,000 tags. There you go. Another Mario pick. Cortina di Ampezzo. Broke my arm there. There you go. Love, love that place. My, my shoulder will never be the same since. Oh, 295,000 tags. Some of those by me. There you go. Uh, what is this one? Oh, Lech, Austria, which races are delayed there, so there'll be less tagging going on. Yeah, there'll be Lech tagging. Lech <laughs> tagging. A total Lech of tagging there? Total Lech of tagging. It has been awarded the best ski resort worldwide for 2020. 
Nice. 249,000 tags. And number 10, Stad, Switzerland. It tells the time sound fancy in Paris. Paris Roman Stad. <laughs> if you don't know that reference, you need to look back at best 80s movies ever. With Eddie Murphy in it. And With Eddie Dan Murphy. Murphy. Yes. <laughs> if you don't know it now, we can't help you. At can't this help point. you. We, we can only do so much. We can lead a horse to water, right? Luxury, 241,000. Those are your... Oh, there's still more. I thought it was top 10. It's top 14 for top some... Top 14. Reason. I don't know how they make a top 14, but it's even number at least. Couldn't do 10, couldn't do 15. Now nah, we're going to do 12 or 14, whatever. We'll do whatever we want. How about that? Yeah. St. Anton, number 12. What happened to 11? Oh, my oh, God. there. These are spiraling off the rails quickly here. You go, again, I thought 10. Once you get past 10, I just, it threw me off. You, you're done at 10. Interesting in one, two at 11. Jasna, Slovakia. Nice. Largest ski resort in Central Europe and has brilliant off-piste ski routes. And plenty of wellness spas as well. 104,000 tags. Number 12, St. Anton. And as many of us know, it is the resort where Chalet Girl is based. Ah. I have no idea what Chalet Girl is. I'm looking it up now. Should we? Apparently it's a 2011 movie. IMDb Chalet Girl, the movie. Former, Former skate- skateboard champion Kim wants to make some more money after her mother's tragic death. She joins the Elite Posh servicing company, which sends her off to Austria. I yeah, this have, is like a B or a C movie at best. It's a British movie. Yeah, yeah you can chalet girl all you want. It's, it's it's not Apocalypse Snow. It's definitely not Apocalypse Snow. It's not even that terrible downhill movie that came out this year with Will Ferrell. So somebody tagged a scene for for Apocalypse Snow on one of the hashtag, uh, you know, skiing hashtags for Twitter uh, for Instagram, uh-huh. and Melanie was looking at it yesterday, and I was like. I know the movie that's from. That's from Apocalypse Snow. Such a great goddamn movie. And the soundtrack is awesome. <laughs> that was the first one. If Not you the like, second or the third. Uh, I, I recognize it was from the first one. Dude, it was like... <laughs> Apocalypse Snow is like Godfather 1 and 2. <laughs> and then Apocalypse Snow 2 and 3 are like Godfather 3 and Godfather 3. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's just not, not the same. So yeah, St. Anton. Number three, sold in Austria. 56,000 tags. And then number four, Winterberg, Germany, skiing after dark. Somehow we went from like 100,000, there's only 2,000 tags in Winterberg. It has floodlights on 14 of its pieces. Look at that. I want to see the, the tag that Mountain Creek got. I bet you it's got more than 2,000 tags. I'm very surprised that Ishgill was not on there. Now, is that because they got shut down and sued by multiple... Nobody's sides? even talking about it. Like, it doesn't even exist. Like, it, it it's just, just quiet. You know what? It's almost like Chernobyl. Like, they just kind of just Where? like cemented... Did they pour like a sarcophagus on top of Ishgill and just shut the whole thing down? <laughs> I don't know if it's like Chernobyl. You're, you're going to be able to get in and out because it's really not, not closed. <laughs> Oof. They didn't do a great job of it. No. But so there you go. If you want to get your Instagram on in Europe, those are your top 14. Get your Grammy Grandma on. Get your Grammy Grandma on. All right. 
And rounding up the ski news, we have a Colorado ski resort unveils bumper cars on ice for the upcoming season. This sounds freaking genius. So um, a number of – and it's not just one. They're saying a number of the resorts are introducing new activities for this year. One of them is a little bit unique. Winter Park Resort in Grand County um, slated to open mid-December are ice bumper cars. So it's built as an activity the entire family can can enjoy. Uh, and the experience adds an extra da- dash of excitement to the Fair Classic by introducing a sliding factor that's sure to lead to moments of laughter and glee. So, and probably a few neck injuries, uh, but all around fun. It's sort of like crashed ice in a car. Yeah, it all sounds good. So when we were in, I think it was Val Torrens, they have where you can get a race car and go on the ice. They have a frozen lake and ride that car there. And it looks pretty nice. awesome. It's just really expensive. Um, and you got to take a lot of time out of skiing. So I kind of didn't do it. But um, I think somebody, I think, um, uh, what's his face? Our buddy. Uh, uh, Harry. No, it wasn't Harry. The uh, Harry. The Japan trip. Uh, Harry. Kevin. Kevin, I think Kevin did it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So pretty cool. But they're saying a 15 minute ride around the ice bumper car rink will run participants 12 bucks, which is nice. And um, something else to do while you're in your ski area. If you, if you can't be on the mountain, you can be on the bumper cars. That's pretty cool. This season's going to get very weird. So it's nice having other options depending on how things end up going. It's going to be creative, you know, why not have other winter events? You know, if you don't want to have a day out on the mountain or you can't get on the mountain because they're packed up, might as well be able to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. You got to stay open-minded. You got to, these resorts are, are doing everything they can to make it as normal as possible, but having these other options are going to be nice and we'll see where we end up landing with all this. Which leads us into our main topic. Speaking of landing places, unique and different. We have a great interview coming up now with Tom from Obergatlinburg. We've talked about Obergatlinburg in the past. We'll bring it up. Elf in the room. Urban Ski Weekend. We've been talking about it for years. We always want to go. We never get to go. That's where it takes place. Now, another big thing with Obergatlinburg, they are on the Indy Pass. And we've been trying to get the word out on the Indy Pass the last couple months. You know, we talked to Doug Fish a couple weeks ago. We want people to make sure that they get to these smaller independent ski resorts, these feeder resorts, so that people can fall in love with skiing like we did and this is the best way to do it and you know down in the uh, this it's the smoky mountains right yeah the Smoky. yep not a ton of options down there but if you got folks from tennessee north carolina south carolina georgia i guess even kentucky all those areas where are they going to go if they want to do uh you know day day trip long weekend over gatlinburg that's the spot so i'm thinking this might be one of the this might be the furthest south location you can ski in the U.S. That's absolutely not true. Let's see, Charlotte. 
Isn't North Carolina further south? They're almost. Uh, well, where you have Boone and everything. Yeah, I guess it's a little further south, but that's also, I think, in the Smoke Mountains. I don't think it's the Appalachians. Well, maybe it is the Appalachians. Yeah, it might be the app. Oh, I don't know. It's close. Dude, I, I'm so stupid. I didn't realize how far south Tennessee was. I always thought Tennessee was like on top of North Carolina. I'm dope. <laughs> right next to it. What about that? Georgia has some mountain range, don't they? I mean, they, have, they all have the Appalachians in there, right? Because that's where it starts in Georgia. Yeah, the Appalachians run all that way. And then there's the Smoke Mountains. And then, but let's see. That's just, I mean, it's not, Ober Gatlinburg's not far from Charlotte, but let's see, Boone, Asheville. So Ober Gatlinburg is just to the left of, of Asheville. In North Carolina, Boone, that's a little further, very slightly further south, I think. But they're very close. Nope, Boone is north. Never mind. Oh, look at that. And Asheville's very close, so not so just yeah. Yeah. So you can fly into Knoxville or Asheville, which are not big airports, but it looks like a little hidden gem. Looks like they got a lot of cool stuff there. And uh yeah, we're gonna talk to Tom. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy the conversation with Tom from Obergatlinburg. All right, cool. And we have another very special guest this week on the podcast. We have Tom Reuther, who is the marketing manager for Ober Gatlinburg Ski yeah. Resort. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, I appreciate you all having me. Yeah, so we, I know like you talked to Mario last week when you guys set this up. And one of the things we're trying to do, uh, we spoke to Doug Fish, who is the founder of the Indie Pass a few weeks ago. And we love his story. We're kind of in the same... I guess ethos or same thought process about loving the smaller local ski resorts and trying to do whatever we can to promote and talk to the folks who are running at them because, you know, they don't have the Vail bucks. They don't have the Altera bucks. We want to make sure that all these resorts are prominent, have people going to them and are, are that people know they're there because sometimes, you know, we talked about it in the past. Like we used to drive up to Vermont, go, we, we pass so many great little mom and pop small resorts. And now because of COVID, we're like, oh, we should just go there instead of driving six hours and maybe getting a parking spot and maybe getting a, a lift ticket or waiting six hours in line to get up a, a gondola. So big spiel. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Obergatlinburg and where you guys are located. Yeah, so Obergatlinburg is the definition of a mom and pop. Uh, we're about 600 vertical feet. We're located in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We are the only yeah. ski area in Tennessee, actually. So that's I did notice your really website good. said the number one ski resort in Tennessee, which was kind yeah. of... Awesome. You are, right? You, you have yeah. a lot of claims, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. That Gatlinburg is the town of claims. You know, right out my window right here, I've got the Sky Bridge looking at that right now, and it's the longest suspension bridge, you know? So everyone's got to have their claims here in town. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's 12.5 million tourists a year who come through this area, making it the most visited national park in the world, actually. So that's wow. an awesome that's thing. Amazing. Yeah, we have tons of people coming by our door every day. Um, but yeah, it's a family-owned and operated uh, ski area and amusement park. We're open year-round. Um, we do, you know, summer tubing and snow tubing as well. And we've got tons of activities year-round, indoor ice skating, 
all that good stuff. So, you know, whether you're a skier or not a skier, it's definitely a fun place to go, especially if you are a skier and you have friends who aren't. So they've all got something good to do around here. So lots of options, right? You know, you can find something. If you can't have fun there, you can't have fun anywhere. Absolutely. (laughs) You're going out of your way to not have fun. So (laughs) in proximity, there's a lot of other stuff around you, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, like if somebody were to say, Hey, you know what, we're going to make a trip to Obergatlinburg and ski. Uh, there's a lot of other touristy things to do around there, right? Oh, absolutely. So like I said, 12.5 million visitors a year to the national park. Um, and yeah, so we actually border the national park. So you can go out hiking, camping, whatever you want, RVing over there. Um, there's a ton of hotels and stuff to stay at with rates from, you know, anywhere from 40 to, you know, 200 plus. So it's pretty affordable cabins everywhere. Um, and then you've got all those great attractions that are in Gatlinburg and uh, Pigeon Forge that are not over Gatlinburg, you know, Hollywood, right? Um, absolutely. So that's right down. Hollywood. Yeah. Dude, Brian wants the, I think that's one on your bucket list, isn't it, Brian? Dude, dude, Dolly Parton, man, she is just a legit badass. Like she is just the staying power of that woman. She was on the cover of like the Costco Connection magazine this month. She looks phenomenal. Now, I'm sure it's a little bit of Photoshop, a little plastic surgery. She looks amazing. Not yeah. much more than anybody else on a cover, right? But you know what? She's still, she's making it happen. She's still staying relevant. And you, you got to respect that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The queen of East Tennessee, for sure. <laughs> oh, she used all her money to start that play. Like, it's good to hear that there's a, a good, um, a good amount of people that go to that whole area. I mean, that's got to help with the skiing. Absolutely. And, you know, most of our people who come and visit over Gatlinburg, they're from Florida and all these southern states where, you know, I know you're from Florida, Mario. So no no offense, but we (laughs) do get uh, the question of, you know, what is snow? I've never seen it before. How do I do? How do I ski? How do I do everything? So our instructing here is top class and uh, they they get, you know, never ever is going to where they can do, you know, intermediate runs and stuff. So it is a, it's a great place to learn for sure. That's great. Pretty magical. I mean, there's a lot of skiers down in Florida that I've met. So there is a big market down here, but it is interesting. Like we talk about skiers as being like a feeder for like getting into the sport, you know, um, you know, places, you know, places where people start skiing. Uh, So yours is unique too, because it's like, not only would they, you know, do people start skiing there, but they would have never had that experience in their life. You know, some of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we get some people who come up thinking that they're going to snow tube and then they get up here and they want to try it. And, you know, it's not too much of a commitment. Our rates are really affordable here. And, uh, we, we try to make it, uh, break down those barriers to entry for everyone. So that's awesome. And just to go back and clarify and when you said national park, that's Great Smoky Mountain National Park, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, good. Because, you know, people, some of our listeners out in Colorado or anything, they don't know anything about anything east. So we want to make sure we get them the info. Okay, cool. East or south, they're, they're clueless. Eh, they're just the Rocky Mountain people. <laughs> but, you know, what? that's the thing. There are so many other places. And we, we spoke to someone yesterday and they were saying that, you know, a lot of these smaller resorts are feeders for Colorado, too. You know, mm-hmm. like you're not just going to go and go out to Telluride your first time skiing. You're going to, you got to figure out if you like the sport and then eventually like, Oh, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll go here. Maybe I'll do this. So getting people, like you said, from that area, from the South started and focusing on, on getting them learning and experiencing the first time, because it's one of those sports. It seems daunting at first, but once you do it, you're like, 
why haven't I been doing this every day of my life since I started? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's not to say we have some pretty serious terrain here as well. We've got um, Mogul Ridge, which is my favorite run at Ober. Nice. And uh, there are natural formed moguls on there, which is pretty interesting for the southeast. And uh, you can almost ski it like a bowl a little bit. You know, you can ski it 15 different ways all the way through. So nice. um, and it really just depends on the way that it's the, the grooming's done. So, um, every single day is different here. And, uh, we really appreciate having, you know, some pretty serious terrain for those really good skiers out there. Yeah. That's, 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 awesome. that's pretty awesome. And now is this your guys first year on the Indie pass? It's our second year. Actually. It's your second year. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And how did you, did you guys see any sort of uptick last year being added to that pass? Yeah, so last year, uh, we didn't see a huge amount of redemption on that, but um, we're looking for, we we started a little grassroots marketing program on Indie Pass, you know, just going out to ski shops and stuff and dropping their posters and making people know that we're on it. So we're looking this year to have a much stronger showing for Indie Pass. Yeah, no, Indie Pass in general, too, has been really pushing their marketing a lot more. Last year was almost like a, like a, let's see if this, if there's any traction at all. And this year, I mean, they've added so many resorts to it. They're really pushing the marketing, the giveaways. And, and I think, you know, too, with, with COVID and everything going on, people are trying to probably stay a little more local and go to things that are drivable instead of flying. So, you know, where you guys are located, there's so many kind of big to medium sized cities around you that, Mm -hmm. You know, I guess you guys are, uh, are you guys doing anything to prepare for COVID for the ski season, having dealt with kind of the aerial tram is a big year round attraction, right? Have you guys had to cut capacity significantly on that? Oh yeah. We have cut capacity to, uh, well, our, our tramway is 120 person capacity normally. Wow. Uh, it's a big tram. Absolutely. So we've cut it down to 50 and we've even, uh, you know, of course we open up all the windows. We are requiring masks without exceptions onto, on the tram. So anyone who rides has to have their mask over their nose and mouth. Um, and as well as we have these, uh, you know, everyone's got those barriers now. We've installed those in there. So, you know, you can kind of congregate with your group and not have to worry about intermingling as much. Okay, nice. wow. So it's almost like an ice cube tray? Uh, sure. Kind of locked in different little cubes? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> Lots of airflow and airflow. yeah, absolutely. And you guys, have, it's well, that- been successful so far, like what you've implemented? Yeah, so we've been operating with that capacity since we reopened for COVID. And like I said, we're year round. So um, that was the very first thing that we had to address. And that was a huge struggle. But um, we finally came to kind of a system that we figured worked out. That tram is pretty sweet. I tell you, just Those looking views at the are stunning from it. the website. That video on your website yeah. is unbelievable. I guess this time of year, too, with the leaves, it's the probably leaf oh, yeah. breathtaking, out there right? Looking. Oh yeah, absolutely. This time of year is gorgeous. And you know, as we're gearing up for snow, it's just kind of a tease, you know, <laughs> all of us oh, yeah. do that. Well, and then, uh, when we, when we had talked before I reached out to you, you know, one of, I had been looking at this for a while. I've been looking at over Gatlinburg because one of the guys I work with has been there. And, uh, we were talking about, you know, when I skied in North Carolina at app and he's like, yeah, he's like, I've been over Gatlinburg. He's like, you should try it out. And so it's been on my radar for like a few years. And definitely this year I want to get out there. Um, but you know, just, I didn't realize, you know, year round, you get that view of the leaves. And I remember being, you know, off the Appalachian trail and in the mountains, it's like, it's amazing. It's awe inspiring. So 
it's really, really cool to see you have a lot of activities out there. Yeah, absolutely. And the Oktoberfest looks like you have a pretty dope Oktoberfest. Now. Yep. Yep. We just wrapped that up this year. You know, we had all of that good stuff like protective barriers for the band and everything. So um, reduced capacity in the restaurants and that, but you know, it went off really well. We were really excited with it. We had Eagle and Cherokee distribution here with beer trailers. So I think we had something like 16 taps out there various kinds of beers and got great relationships with those distributors and you know we've got some local breweries here that we really try to hype up and uh, keep on our radar like yeehaw sponsors a lot of our events uh and then of course you know you gatlinburg old smokies right down the street so talk about apries that is the ultimate apries for sure at the place to go Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we've got a restaurant and bar and lounge up there. But, you know, once that closes down, head on down to the parkway and you can do your $5 moonshine tastings and all that good stuff. Oh, Ooh, $5 moonshine tastings. Very nice. We had Brian at moonshine. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of anything that someone makes in their basement. You know, that's where hey. uh, that's where brilliant starts. Yeah. Kind of like True Bavarian making a little Schwetzkenwasser in your in your basement. Oh, you know, it's a beautiful thing, right? Absolutely. Brian's uncle used to make the best. He had a, a little cave of all Schwetzke he would make. It was great. Yeah, like the plum schnapps, and like he would. My dad went down there one year, and uh, this is in Germany. And he's he's looking at it the you know the, on the walls there. He's like, Heiner, why do you have all these bottles of water? Like buying jugs of water. He's like. <laughs> That's not water. He's like, that's that's Svechkin schnapps. Yeah. <laughs> My dad just kind of eyes lit up like a kid on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Been an hour was, or two down there. <laughs> well, this was all pre 9-11 too. So when he came home from that trip, he brought buckets of schnapps home in a suitcase. And that was just totally cool. Like they could carry on like Come little on. things of schnapps and big barrels in the it. suitcases. Yeah. It's like gasoline, just like uh, freaking in a bottle. It was a simpler time. <laughs> yeah. So that's great to see you got that whole mojo going. Uh, yeah, it looks like a really picturesque place. Oh, it's gorgeous. And there's so much to do around here. And, you know, it's pretty convenient to get to. Y'all mentioned earlier the city surrounding us. We've got, you know, within four hours, we've got Nashville, Charlotte, Atlanta, Chattanooga, Knoxville. Um, yeah, so that's, there's a ton of cities around us. Absolutely. So what's the closest airport? Is it Chattanooga? Knoxville. Oh, Knoxville. Okay. Yeah, Knoxville is about an hour away from Gatlinburg. And you're not that far from Boone, so I could always uh, probably a quick App State game or something if I'm. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> you could hit up the nearest game and head to the Rock. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's only about two and a half to Boone. So. Okay. Yeah, not bad. That's about the same distance to Charlotte because I remember driving that a bunch of times. Oh yeah. Um, That's where I'm from as well. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. So Tom, how long have you been at Obergatlinburg now? Yeah. So I started as a ski instructor back in 2016 uh, when I was a sophomore in college. And yeah, so I've been, I've been working here since then in multiple capacities, you know, um, got in for a marketing internship my senior year. And since then, you know, just kept, kept stacking the resume and worked up to marketing manager. And, you know, it's a great place to work. Like I said, family owned and operated. So super small uh, group of people that we work with and they're all amazing to work with for sure. So you're one of the chief marketers in all of Tennessee ski like domain, like that's your, yeah, 
right? <laughs> I am skiing in Tennessee. You are right ski Tennessee, that. right? <laughs> ski Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. You should just start ski Tennessee. That'll be your own thing. Just yeah. that's it. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of pitch those to the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So now how have things been? I know we, we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but how have things been for you guys uh, with this whole COVID over the sum- spring, summer, fall now? Um, I know I, I've actually listened to other podcasts totally off topic, like in, you know, real estate podcasts. And they were some people talking where like people were going to Gatlinburg, you know, people who were in big cities all around. They're like, I don't want to be stuck in, you know, Atlanta or Charlotte quarantining, working. I'm going to go out to, you know, out to a place that's beautiful, that's picturesque, that I can actually enjoy where I'm at. And I, I remember hearing Gatlinburg in that podcast and being like, oh my God, you know, like, cause I knew it was a ski area. And have you guys seen like a, a, a lot of increase in people being out there or like tourism? You know, it's different. You know, it's, it's the same, but different. We've got a, you know, when the p- pandemic started, like you said, we have those visiting areas that we don't normally see like New York and New Jersey and a couple of those areas up Northeast. Well, New York and New Jersey, you send them back, right? You gotta gotta push them back. Sorry, tickets to ride the tram are $500 for you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Locals only. No, no, but um, no, we, we saw a big demographic shift there and kind of, it was a completely different group of people and they weren't staying in the hotels. They were staying in the cabins. So our cabins saw a massive influx of people coming in um, where hotels struggled a little bit more, but you know, now that we've transitioned more to fall, people are becoming a little more comfortable with the protocols and, you know, what Sevier County, which is the county that Gatlinburg is in, has done to, uh, you know, advertise what we're doing. And uh, people have become more comfortable with that. And they've started staying a little bit more in the hotels. We've started coming back to a little bit more of our, our normal group that comes and visits us. Okay. And then the cabins, are they privately owned or is that part of the Obergatlinburg, like the hotels are? Yeah, so we're a ski area. We're not a resort. Um, we do have partner hotels that we oh, do. Okay. So yeah, those are all on our website, of course. But um, as far as cabins go, we have partner cabins as well. And you know, there are hundreds here. You could go with a privately owned, publicly owned, or excuse me, you know, mar- large company, small company, uh, you know, individual owners, Airbnbs. They've got all of that here. So um, it's a little confusing when you, you know, Google search cabins in Gatlinburg because mm-hmm. there are so many options. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what the- yurts. Do you have any yurts yet? <laughs> yeah, we actually do. There's um, there's a glamping area out in Pigeon <laughs> Forge. Um, all right. Nice. does have some yurts. Yeah. Definitely thinks of everything. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. See, we just have to find a close river that we could fit the yacht in to do yeah. the yacht to yurt. <laughs> yeah. We I will still have say, that dream. <laughs> yeah. I will say if you're going to get a cabin and you want to go skiing, Chalet Village is the way to go. They're right up. Chalet Village? Yes. Yeah. And they're right up on um, their houses, kind of overlook our slopes. So um, it's nice. a great area. You know, you can walk up if you wanted to ride the tram, ride a bus up, either, either one. Wow. So you said you were from the Charlotte area. Did you learn to ski at Gatlinburg or did you? No, I actually didn't. So I'm from Charlotte by way of Chicago. So talk about not being really close to ski areas. That's uh, my background. But, you know, my dad was a big skier. Uh, He's from Colorado, grew up uh, in Summit County. So um, he he got me into skiing 
before I could even walk. Um, you know, I was probably two, two and a half, three. Um, and I was skiing over at Wilmot in Wisconsin. Nice. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. All right. Are they part of Indy Pass? They're not. I think they're Vail now, aren't they? Oh, oh really? I think they are in a conglomerate now. Yeah. Oh, wow. The evil conglomerate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like Republican Democrat, you know, like you don't have to be the one of them. You could be your own thing. You could be Indy Pass, which is right. nice. Absolutely. Um, so you were, um, you were mentioning before we started the actual official podcast that you guys have uh, an event coming up soon too, and you're getting oh, yeah. your snow cannons fired up. So when are you guys looking to, to open for the season and, and what events do you have going on? Yeah. So our slopes typically don't open till December 10th is our projected date. Um, but we do, we have started filling out our snow tubing park with a snow magic system, which is pretty unique to our ski area. I think we're one of few in the, in the world to actually u- utilize that. And essentially what it is is a giant freezer and it chops up all the ice and shoots it out. Um, and the, the uh, actual, it's a wet granular. So the molecules in it are actually a little larger and they retain uh, the cold temperature a little better. So that's why we're able to make snow up to 70 degrees actually. So wow. we, whoa, yeah, yeah. So it's like we, a big snow cone. Absolutely, that's exactly what it is. Snow, yeah. I, I think you bill it as snow cone technology. Come down for the snow cone technology. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So we've been making snow in there for you know about a month now, and uh, we've got some great piles over there, and we're getting ready to push them out for, like you said, our first event of the year is a rail jam in our tubing park. Um, the day before snow tubing starts, we're not putting the lanes in, we're putting some rails, jumps, have, uh, we're inviting everyone, you know, from all the riders from Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, they're South Carolina. They're all going to come up and, um, it should be a really great time, you know, kick off the season. Snow tubing starts the next day, of course, but you know, just a way to get some practice in, get your, get your tricks dialed in, have some fun in a, in kind of a casual competition format. Very That's cool. really cool. I'm looking at the snow magic website and I guess you guys are, are, uh, are on their, their main carousel on the homepage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, yeah. They're showing like Georgia and Florida and all these places where they're, they're making mm-hmm. the snow work. That's amazing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Florida, they have something. It's uh, I think it's, what's it called? Huh? Wildcat mountain. I think it's what yeah wildcat mountain and they do like snow tubing in florida so it must be something like that yeah i think they did pick up snow magic to use that yeah because yeah. they're opening up in a few weeks and i'm like it is florida you know <laughs> yeah absolutely so our mountain's actually about three thousand five hundred elevation at the top so we're mm. not very high up there so utilizing snow magic is great because you know, we can pile it up next to lift lines. And then at night, we will, before the, before the skiers come or in the morning before, we can groom that out. So there's a good surface there that'll last all day. So it's great, you know, when we have a little warmer snaps, it's something that keeps us alive and keeps us running. How does that feel to ski on that? You know, it's, um, I, you know, it's slushy. It's, it's okay. very heavy. Um, but you, you don't really have a lot of problem tossing it up, you know? So, um, it's almost like slush powder, if that makes sense. You can, (laughs) you can carve a big turn and spray up this huge wake, but, uh, yeah, it's a little heavier, of course. Slows you down a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
That's cool. Very cool. I guess so now, the temperature matters too, right? Like, you know, if it's, if it's 40 degrees versus oh, yeah. 60 degrees, right? In terms of how it, how yep. big it is, right? Yep. And how well it packs together and if it's loose or if it's not. So absolutely temperature has a lot to do with it. Now, what, what's like the coldest uh, part of the season out there? Like, is it like January, February-ish? Like... Yeah, I'd say probably mid to late January is probably our coldest time. Yeah, after that holiday period is over for sure. Cool. Um, and does it ever get really that crowded there? I know like with a lot of other skiers, you know, that's that's the one thing a lot of people are concerned with, like especially the smaller ones. They're like, well, you don't want to be, you know, crowded on a mountain. So how how crowded does it get? Is it just holidays or? Yeah, so holidays are huge for us. Um they do get very crowded. I will say, you know, if you're coming to get away from the crowds weekdays, you know, you're, you're barely going to, you're going to see our locals out there on weekdays. And those are the people who come every single day. They're on first chair. They get off before, um, you know, the lights come on. So at night, so we do have night skiing here too. So that helps us stretch out the capacity and, um, as well as, you know, we've got so much area here at Over to do. We've got tons of activities, everything from a wildlife encounter where you can see a bunch of animals and stuff. So they're, uh, and they're all native and rescued animals from the Smoky Mountains. So they can't live out in the wild, of course. But um, they, you know, we've got tons of areas to spread out. And um, the capacity of our ski slopes is something we are looking at of course but are less concerned about than our indoor capacity and that tram capacity so oh, cool mm-hmm. uh, you should almost do a ski through the animal like kingdom thing that'd be kind of cool get chased by a like, bear like running. like a cross-country ski tour like through oh. the uh the wilderness preserve yeah like double time the links is coming at you yeah so when are y'all coming up again <laughs> <laughs> let us know yeah. we're, thinking, we're there we're one of those February-ish might be the the time the wheelhouse Listen, right in the chalet let's do it Perfect. yeah <laughs> chalet village i'm, I'm chalet looking village. chalet village in february there you go yeah then but again I, I may take a trip up to Asheville, so that might be a, a nice side trip oh yeah Asheville's um probably two hours from here it's you know hour and a half from the highway it's really easy to get to love going there all the breweries there are so fun nice yeah very cool now, does the uh does the aerial tram is it actually used for skiing also or just for uh for sightseeing <laughs> Yeah. So actually, if you buy a ski ticket, um, your ski ticket is a tram pass up there, too. So um, let's say you're staying at the Hampton Inn right next door and you want to come over, just grab your gear, ride the tram up, get up to the top of the mountain. That's perfectly good. Yeah. You don't need to drive up or anything like that. Oh, so can you can you bring your ski gear on the tram? Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. Very nice. Mm-hmm. nice. And you guys are still operating that same capacity in the 50, 50 people? Yes, absolutely. Uh, until we hear different from the state and from everything else going on, we are going to continue to operate at minimal capacity there. All right. is, is there anything else you guys are have had a tweak for the, the ski season then? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Well yeah. Rental process, ticketing, everything's essentially getting an overhaul. Whenever you end up in a queue, um, we're looking at those and, uh, we're, we're seeing how we can make those a little more streamlined or spread them out a little better. So that's, that's been a big, big issue for us. Are you guys doing everything online? Like, are you, are you still selling passes at the, the window or do you have to buy it all online beforehand? 
We're still selling passes at the window, actually. Yeah. Okay. So we do not sell ski passes online right now, um, which, you know, for better or worse, but it's um, that's the system that we have here. And we do do, you know, in-person sales. So we do sell tram tickets online. We sell season passes online, wildlife encounter tickets online. The skiing gets a little difficult here because, um, you know, any day could be different. You know, we've got days in December that sometimes reach 70. And y'all know that from skiing in North Carolina, too. It happens. So um, mountain weather, you just can't predict. Absolutely. Yeah. La Nina this year, another another uh, question mark, another variable into the mix. Yeah. Yeah. So that we're looking at kind of nervously, you know, because for the Southeast, it doesn't look like La Nina's help us out too much. So, right. Right. But that's okay. You know, we, like you I said, snow magic. yeah, we snow got magic snow magic. La Nina. I'm taking exactly. snow magic every day. Yeah. Oh, we've magic. got SMI super pole cats all over the mountain, full coverage on there. So the second we do hit below freezing, all guns are going We're we're nice. full blast. La Nina is powerless to fight against that. Exactly. It can't beat the Southeastern resilience there. That's right. So now is the theme about the whole uh, mountain, is it all like Bavaria? Because I'm, I'm looking at like Edelweiss condo rentals, Obergatlinburg, you know, all your stuff there. Like, Yeah, yeah. So our, we are definitely in Bavarian theme. And this came back from, Brian. yeah, this came back from um, 1963. Um, was when Gatlinburg Ski Club opened and that was the original name and the tram actually didn't come along until 73. Um, so at that point, they merged the two, the ski area and the tramway to make Obergatlinburg, which Ober in German above. Um, so above Gatlinburg was the name. And, you know, Claude went out to Europe and he saw these trams, he saw the Alpine slides and he brought them all back to Gatlinburg, put them in. Um, I think it was $4.5 million when he first installed it. So it was a huge project back then. And, uh, it still is a huge engineering feat to this day. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually gearing up to replace a hall cable on there, um, this next spring. So that's a big upgrade that we're looking at. Wow. Yeah. You guys got to sell some passes to help pay for this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How much is a season ski pass for you? Yes. We've got tons of options for season passes. Um, we do offer two buddy passes with our season passes as well. So you buy a pass and an adult pass will run you to 99. Um, and that oh, wow. is, Great. yeah, that's our actually our highest level pass. Um, wow. So that's the highest price you got. That still comes with two buddy passes. And then we've got everything, students in high school, college passes, military, senior. We've got a club pass too, which is pretty awesome that we're offering for 175. Um, And that obviously comes with the two buddy passes as well. So we're showing those, you know, Atlanta Ski Club, Nashville, Knoxville, they're all around us. So trying to show them some love. And then we've added a local pass this year too for all our Sevier County residents. That's been hugely popular at 175 too. So our ski tickets are super affordable. So if you're in Sevier County, the county where you guys are in, it's only 175 for the season. Absolutely. <sighs> and you get two deal. buddy passes. That's wow. a deal. 
Yeah. Do you guys have an, an indie pass add on too, or is you just, are you guys like just totally separate if you, cause I know some resorts are doing, if you have an indie pass, it's like a little bit cheaper or. Oh yeah. We do do that discount. Absolutely. We do their standard discount that indie pass says that they offer. Okay. So mm-hmm. very that's, cool. That's tremendous. That's a really killer deal. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at the snow tubing, uh, pictures, I guess from, from last year and it looks pretty awesome and massive. Yeah. Yeah. So we run 10 lanes. Um, and our summer tubing is only 250 feet, but our winter tubing, cool. it's like a, a mat that they're on, right? Yeah. It's neviplast. If y'all are familiar with that technology, it's wow. like no. a plastic kind of bristled material that you can do. Um, they've got something similar at uh, Liberty Snowflex. Wow. Um, yeah. So what is it called? Nevi? Neviplast. 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 Getting all high tech with these We're words. Learning all kinds of like awesome, uh, yeah, like resort terminology here. Yeah, well, you got to get innovative when you're in the southeast for sure. It's amazing. Like you just think, like yeah, when they started in the '60s, if you told them what you guys would be doing today, oh, with, yeah. you know, snow magic and this this nevi plast, they'd be like, "What are hey. you talking about, crazy witch man?" Like, <laughs> yeah. So, we, so Brian and I have this idea of having uh, a full-on resort on a garbage dump. You could probably throw the Neviplast on it and boom, you're good to go. You don't even yeah. have to blow snow. Absolutely. I do live in New Jersey and we have been joking, but not joking about doing oh, like cool. some sort of touring, some like ski touring across the garbage dumps at <laughs> country, New Jersey. That's amazing. You know, I'm pretty sure there are some, some ski areas on garbage dumps out there, aren't there? Up in Wisconsin yeah. and stuff. You, I don't know about Wisconsin. I know in Europe they have. A few. In Europe? Okay. Yeah. But Wisconsin, maybe. I don't know. We were thinking Arthur Kill right by Brian is like the one of the largest dumps in the world. Big big snow, the indoor resort. That's technically on a dump site. Oh, that's how they got the elevation there? (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy Hoffa helps, you know, all the bodies of... Jimmy Hoffa is the foundation, literally, of this place. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We actually went there back in December, and that place is pretty awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. they did a really cool job of, uh, of, you know, getting it all set up and, and making it work the way it is. And yeah. I have, I know people who've been going there like seven times already since they opened up again this summer because there were nothing else to do. Well, yeah, season, you know, shut everybody down in March. Every, people are still like, you know, I didn't get my full Jones in, you know, I got to figure out how am I going to do this and I can't afford to go to South America. So what are we going to do? So yeah, big snow has been, uh, has been great. And we actually spoke to the, the, head of marketing there a few weeks ago too. And, you know, they're the same thing you guys are dealing with the same, the protocols, the cutting down of capacity, but you know, it's just like a, a new normal you got to work within and you know, it's, it's what else are you going to do? Either you shut down totally, or you kind of work within these new boundaries and, and find a way to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. We're just looking forward to getting back on snow, delivering that to everybody again and having as normal of a winter as we can. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask like the average like in your estimation, this is just shooting from the hip, total BS, no numbers or anything. Uh, like the average person or, or family that comes to visit, do they do like two or three days and then do like Pigeon Forge, maybe Nashville, like other stuff in there? Or is it people just kind of, you know, drive in, stay for a day or two or a week or, you know, wh- what's the mix mm-hmm. there? Yeah. So we've got a huge spectrum of people that we get here. Um, you know, we've got those skiers who come up for, four or five days straight and they ski every day. 
And then we've got the families who, you know, come up and they want to be here to be, you know, outside in the Smoky Mountains and they want to experience Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. But then they happen to figure out, you know, we've got skiing up here. This is something that I've never done before. This sounds really cool. So might as well give it a shot kind of thing. So we've got the whole spectrum from those serious people who come and visit us. And, um, you know, most of those people, they're, they're training for their out west trip or their northeast trip or oh, nice. something like that. Yeah. So they'll That's come in for yeah, extended periods, get their legs back under them and then head out on their big trips. So that we've got the full spectrum, absolutely. I think Brian and I might have to keep talking to you about getting uh, together a ski bum podcast weekend or something. I mean, I know you guys. So I, I think we originally found out there was that was going on because of Urban Ski Week. Urban Ski Weekend. And that was just, yeah, Urban Ski Weekend. And we were like kind of amazed. And I was like, I wanted to go even back then. And that was on the radar, you know. We've been so. talking about it for five years now. Because we've been doing yeah. this podcast for five, five years. years. We discovered it, I think, in 2016. And we're like, yep. we've just been talking about it every single year. And yeah, that guy I worked that. with had been there. And I'm like, oh, you've been there for Urban Ski Week? He's like, no, I just went there on vacation. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, it's a great time. We get a bunch of people up from Atlanta and they all rent out a hotel and they have DJs and parties every night. And uh, they're just it looks pretty off the, the hook. Like I just looking at the pictures, okay. yeah. not a ton of ski pictures, but it looks oh. like it's, it's an absolute party. Big oh, absolutely. And it's Super Bowl weekend too, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. It is. That's so that's cool. always a really fun time. All of our instructors have a blast with those groups because, you know, yeah. they're, they might not be out there to be the best gear, but they're just out there they're to have out fun. There having yeah. fun. Yeah. Dude, and that's half the battle is just trying it. You know, like mm -hmm. if you try yeah. and you don't like it, no big deal. But like, and like you said, you have so many other options, but some people like, you know, you try it and you just get them that little taste of it. And then they become hooked for life. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, finally well, even crack, like you said you know? for you know, like <laughs> positive crack yeah there you go <laughs> even like you, you were saying like you know people you know are seeing snow for the first time i mean my nephews were born in florida never saw snow they came up to visit me in jersey one time and they were just like holding the snow in their hand and then they would drop it and they'd be like i don't know what's going on you know yeah. just freaking out like through my fingers yeah, i didn't know this is what cold feels like it's it's like yeah you know so yeah. to give that magic to somebody is amazing. It's it's really unique where you are. Absolutely. And we prepare for people like that. You could show up to Obergatlinburg in flip-flops. And by the end of the day, we you could rent out a full snowsuit, obviously buy your own gloves um, and face covering. But we've got helmets for rental, full entire, you know, pants, jacket, all that good stuff. So you could show up with nothing if you really... You know, awesome. for the moment, if you're driving down by the highway, you see Ober Gatlinburg, whip on off and come and visit us. And Today we'll get you I learned to ski. Yeah. <laughs> I could go to work, my normal nine to five, but no, just pull that Yui, change your life forever, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's one of the things that makes it, you know, tough to get into this sport is the cost. When you look mm -hmm. at how much gear costs, you know, you could just Google ski jacket and you see like some Arcteric, like $900 jacket and people go, you know what? This isn't for me. And it's like, yeah. no, that's nobody really like one guy needs that jacket, you know, yeah. like, you really and then it adds up. It's like, you got to buy a jacket. Then you got to buy pants. Then you got to buy goggles, gloves. the helmet. Yeah. And then, I mean, 
you got to buy it, you know, and it, it goes on and on. And it's like, what the, when's it going to end? You know, but you know, it doesn't have to be that way. And like what you guys have set up, like that's, that's great because then it really, you spend $50 to rent everything you need. I'm just throwing that number out there. I don't know if it's accurate or not, but you throw a little number out there and it's like, okay, I can try this out. You know, I can taste it. I can sample it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like buying a fancy scotch. You know, you don't want to spend 200 bucks right away. If you don't even like it, you go, you get a sample, you see if you like it. And if you do, then you jump in and the sky's the limit. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and it is around 50 bucks too. Everything. That's actually great. Next time you and I are flying in a helicopter, right? Holy Yui, go to over, get the gear, and boom, we're heli skiing. There you go. Oh, Oh, speaking of heli, but not heli, do you guys have uphill travel on on your mountain? Um, So we do sometimes. So we were considering opening the season this year with maybe a little uphill travel. and no, no lift, but we typically, you know, we don't get a lot of those people here who are, who are desiring that kind of aspect. So, yeah. Cause I think it's one of those, I know obviously with COVID, a lot of places are starting to offer that, whether it's tickets or free or however they decide to do it. But it seems like when you're in such a beautiful place like that, if again, people knew it existed or snowshoe or, you know, uh, you know, ski yeah, tours. see a lot of snowshoers every once in a while out on the mountain. I think if you kind of, again, something that people may not know they can do, but if you kind of offer that, that could be something that may catch on as well. I mean, snowshoeing is just walking, just hiking, right? Walking yeah. with tennis, tennis rackets on your feet, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that, that is a great idea. It is, um, it's something that, you know, we've thought about for some sort of terrain park functions to kick off the season and that sort of thing. So we're definitely looking into stuff like that. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. nice. You got to get creative nowadays. Well, dude, yeah, the whole COVID thing. I mean, you know, as, as awful as it has been, you've seen some really cool solutions and things that people have come up with. And, you know, everyone's sharing the knowledge too, because, you know, yeah. you know, you don't want the, uh, everyone wants to keep everyone going. Yeah. This is the NSA journal here. The newest edition that's Ober Gatlinburg's, um, Nice. Tubing slope right there. Oh, very so, cool. Yeah. Very got cool. All Congratulations. Nice. Congratulations. So, That's nice. Yeah. No, so, talk about sharing information. They've been great with that. Their whole ski well, be well, and everything like that. It's been awesome. Yeah. And are well, you guys doing any- ski, so they have, you know, they should share it with you. A little respect. Yeah. Do, um, are you guys doing any sort of temperature checks or anything uh, for, for folks going on the mountain? Oh yeah, we do. I mean, obviously our slope reporting every day. Um, we do have that program and, um, we do, you know, weekly check-ins where we do a live, just a run, just a couple of guys who are locals, just hopping on the ski lift, casual little runs. And we'll run through what the temperature is going to be like for the next week, the forecast, all that good stuff. So, um, we're going to be utilizing Twitter a lot more this season too. That'll be our information blast hub for all things weather um and parking related and you know traffic related that will all be communicated on twitter and what's your guy handle over gatlinburg at over gatlinburg gatlinburg website's over gatlinburg so it's all very neat (laughs) it's not uber either we get those calls sometimes like hey where's my car um i don't don't know (laughs) sorry Open up the app on your phone, maybe. Uber We're yeah. over Uber Gatlinburg. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Do you guys yeah. should run an Uber Gatlinburg too? Yeah. Uh, I think everyone gets taken to the mountain whether they like it or not. Well, that go. could be what you call the shuttle, the Uber Gatlinburg. Uber Gatlinburg. <laughs> so you mentioned Mogul Ridge is your favorite run. Yeah. Where's your favorite apres spot? 
in Gatlinburg. After his spot, Old Smoky, it's got to be. Smoky, huh? Yeah, yeah. You just you get on back down the tram and you walk on over there. Some ski boots or no ski boots? Probably not. But um, yeah, you can go on in there and you get the full tasting. They do probably you know ten or fifteen uh, different moonshine little shots for you oh, and. That's uh, so- bring you through that whole thing definitely make sure to grab some food at our restaurant before you head (laughs) over there (laughs) do you have a favorite barbecue spot absolutely yeah hungry bears barbecue is my favorite barbecue and also we've got um we've got one right next to us that's called bennett's and that's an awesome barbecue it's family owned um they've got a few different restaurant chains but it is family owned and it's awesome it's very nice yeah they actually have a um so when you ride the tram you go over their restaurant and um then they have a banner on top of their restaurant that says don't jump we'll be here when you get down Uh, (laughs) brilliant Brilliant marketing um are there any uh share houses there do people do share houses for like it's from the local areas Oh yeah. There's a ton of timeshares up here. Absolutely. Um, like I said, with the cabin thing, there's hundreds, if not thousands of them. So, uh, they're all over. Wow. Yeah. I got to look into the cabins. That's going to be, this this just sounds like just a fun place to go any time of year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Whether you're skiing, not skiing people, like you said, mentioned people who ski, people who don't ski. It just seems like a, a fun, beautiful, awesome place to go. Absolutely. And, you know, this is um, not only do we have the mountains and the skiing up here, but, you know, fly fishing kind of goes hand in hand with that. And this is one of the best places in the country to do that. So, yeah, for trout, trout fishing is amazing up here. So any sort of outdoor activities, you've got a ton of bike parks in Knoxville, which is right close by. by. They've got a great mountain biking scene there um, that we're trying to work into Gatlinburg a little bit more. But yeah, it um, it's awesome up here. There's tons to do outside. Whether you're an outdoor lover or you more want to get all the touristy stuff, you can really do whatever. You can escape into the woods, or you can pop up to Dollywood, like y'all said. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. All right, Tom. Anything else you want to to share with anyone looking to ski or board this winter at Obergatlinburg? Yeah, yeah. So website, um, anything. Absolutely. So we do have, um, if y'all are younger, college nights, ladies nights, we've got those. So save some money, do some donations there, come up on a weekday. Um, we definitely want to see y'all up here on weekdays for sure. So it's a, it's a really interesting place. You know, I've been all over the country to ski too, and there's nowhere that I've been that's more unique than over Gatlinburg. I mean, what ski area has an indoor ice skating rink year round? ice bumper cars, a zoo, uh, a rescue animal zoo. So it's truly a unique experience. Animal jail. Let's be honest. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, they actually have uh, like three times longer life expectancies in there than they do out in the wild. Wow. So yeah, we, they do a great job up there with that. But yes, you know, for all those people out in Colorado who think, why would I even consider that? You know, it's a bucket list thing. Ski Tennessee. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Like one thing we've noticed over the last couple of years is you don't need the, the 3000 feet of vertical to have fun. I mean, yeah. we went to a place up in, uh, I went to a place upstate New York earlier this year, peaks, peak and peak. It's like 400 square or 400 feet of vertical, maybe on a good day. And the people, the, the park, the terrain, like it was, it was just fun. 
You know, again, it's not all about how much vertical you do in a day. You know, it's about the experience you have, the people you're with, you know, just the, the stories you're going to tell afterwards. And, you know, it looks like you got a lot of things that uh, people can start telling stories about with all the different attractions and, and fun to be had. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, we're open till 10 p.m. every night. And then we've got one night a year that we're open till midnight. So um, nice. night that? Scene, um, that's for Ogre Rocks. That will be... Let me look at that calendar there. Concert? Yeah. Yep. We are doing Ogre Rocks on January 23rd. It's a concert, um, obviously. And then we've got WIMZ 103.5, the radio up here coming through, doing promotions there, giveaways, all that good stuff. Uh, last year, we had a wing eating contest during it. So, you know, it's really fun. We have the band playing right near the slopes. So, um, you can actually hear them sometimes from the chairlift. So you don't even have to stop skiing to enjoy the band and everything. That so awesome. It's, it's a great night. Slopes open till midnight and then everyone parties and has fun and enjoys their time. Is the whole, is, are all the trails available for night skiing or? Absolutely. Wow. We're hundred percent lit. hundred percent lit. That mm -hmm. should be your tagline. hundred percent lit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly i like that all right Sorry. awesome all right tom well thank you so much for your time any uh parting words obergatlinburg.com o-b-e-r-g-a-t-l-i-n-b-u-r-g -E yeah that's it and i really appreciate y'all's time thanks for having me dude our pleasure thanks thank you so much man. a lot of fun talking to you yeah y'all too we'll be, all right we're coming up this year when we're cut we'll when we're getting know. ready we'll let you know for sure. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Well, have a great winter and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you want more information, go to our website, skibonepodcast.com. Yeah. You know what? This week, after all our great episodes, last couple episodes, under the ropes stories, we're taking the week off. There's no under the rope stories. The election under the ropes. That's, go just, yeah. That's the craziness. Just be happy that legalized marijuana happened in a couple states. That's all we got this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Go to the website for more information, skibumpodcast.com. The shop updated, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped at skibumpodcast. Go to your favorite podcasting apps and subscribe and rate us. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever finer podcasts can be found. And if you want to hit us up, information questions sticker requests give podcast at gmail.com thank you all for listening we really do appreciate it we'll talk to you guys next week stay high stay fluent yeah <laughs>